Welcome to The Talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. And now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of my days, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. Brownie, you can go ahead and play that video. Come on! times I've watched that video, it still makes me chuckle a bit. That is the, my grandchildren, the Wiederhoff kids, Beniah, Gideon, and Lydia. Uh, they came to church here until they uh, sadly moved to Madison <laughs> uh, a couple years ago. No, they're in a good place, and I'm grateful for that. But they were... Um, being a part of the Next Gen um, outreach to our kids during the COVID time, and that was one of the videos that they had put out. So I just want to, can we just give it up for the Next Gen Ministries and how they've done such a great job creatively uh, just connecting with our kids and still getting the heart of Jesus to them. I so appreciate that. Well, Lydia said the Bible you know, follow Jesus with a map. And the Bible truly is a map. And apparently that's a two-year-old's uh, brain processing Matthew 4.19. Just, just look at the map, okay? And my grandson's musical uh, renditions there, 
we had the gamut, I think, of opera to rap, and um, the book of Psalms, you know, is all songs. That's what it is. And we've been studying that this summer. And, um, you know, it is also a gamut of music. And maybe when you're reading the Psalms, you notice some little subtitles in there, like um, Song of the Lilies or Mictum. And we don't know exactly what that means now. It could be a rap, it could be an opera, but they knew then when they saw those directions and how they were to sing those songs. Um, <clears throat> but one thing we know for sure in reading the psalm is it is just full of emotions. Have you guys noticed that when you've been reading it? You've seen maybe anger, you've seen sorrow, you've seen thanksgiving, you've seen praise. And one of the things I absolutely love about this book of the Bible is just the um, <clears throat> way those feelings are so openly expressed, and not only openly expressed, but also processed with God. And what an example to us. We don't have to hide our feelings from him. We can openly talk to him in all those emotions that we're feeling, whether it's anger, whether it's sorrow, whether it's joy, whether it's thanksgiving. He wants us to talk with him. And some of the uh, great um, moments from this summer in this series, you know, Nate spoke about Psalm 134, that God is our summit. And remember the great Hallel of Psalm 136? Um, the one that I wrote was, Jesus is our peace in the midst of the chaos. His love endures forever. And a beautiful picture of God being a good, good father of Psalm 103. Um, in week four, Anthony uh, talked about the majestic name of Yahweh. You guys remember that one? And <clears throat> how with each breath that we pronounce his name, and we remember we breathe in and breathe out. Can we just do that right now? Because I think I need to do that. <laughs> okay. Such a reminder that God is not a God who is far off, but he is one that is as near as our very next breath. That brings such comfort to me to know how the nearness of God. So uh, maybe you haven't seen those. Well, you can still see them on our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. If some of those piqued your interest, you're like, I'd like to hear more about that, please uh, check them out. And hopefully you've been reading the Psalms this summer and making some discoveries of your own in that book. And you guys have got one more week. It's not too late. If you haven't read any, just open up to the middle. Just get your Bible and open it up to the middle and you'll be right there in the Psalms. And each one of those chapters is a different song. So it doesn't matter where you start in there. God will speak to you, I promise. So let's just pray just for a quick moment here before we get into our Psalm of the morning, okay? Father, I'm just so grateful that you are here with us. Jesus, you are our living hope. And I just pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive your word today and that it would change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Today, we are going to uh, be looking at a familiar psalm, and I do think it's probably the most familiar psalm. As you heard Rachel read it, maybe you didn't know that was Psalms 23, but you're like, oh, I've heard that before. And this psalm was written by David, who himself was a shepherd when he was a young man, 
And um, in fact, that's exactly what he was doing when Samuel came to Bethlehem to visit his home. God had, uh, and you can read the story in 1 Samuel 16, but God had told Samuel, I want you to go anoint the next king. I want you to go to Bethlehem. I want you to go to Jesse's house. And his son is going to be the next king. Well, Samuel went there and Jesse had eight sons. <laughs> so he brings them in. And of course, what does he think? You know, he thinks it's going to be the oldest son, right? So the oldest son comes in and God says, no, that's not the one. And proceeds to go down the line to the seventh one. And no, 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 that's not it. And Samuel says, Jesse, do you have any other sons? I mean, I know I'm supposed to come here. And Jesse says, well, my youngest is out with the sheep, out tending the sheep. And he goes, well, go get him. David walks in and God says, that's the one. That's the one that's going to be the next king. So I think this song was really special to David because he really understood the 24-7 care that it took to tend his father's sheep. And you know what? I think it's also a very special one to Jesus because um, one of the ways that Jesus described himself in relationship to us is as the good shepherd. He says in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So he very much understood the care that it takes to truly shepherd the sheep of his father, which is all of us who choose to follow him. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this psalm down into three sections this morning over the next few minutes, and we're going to look at how Jesus is portrayed in each one of them. And then that's going to be followed by a declaration that we can make as followers of him. Uh, each one of these three final statements that we're going to get to are truths that we can bring into our life, even though this was written thousands of years ago. There are truths here that we can bring into our life right here in 2020. You know, this year, whoo, this year, right? Nobody expected 2020 to quite be like this. And maybe you have felt the fear of COVID or you felt the rage of social injustice or the loneliness of isolation. You know, it, it's the love of God that we, the followers of Jesus, bring into these situations that can truly change the atmosphere. So my hope today, as we explore Psalm 23, is that our mouth is going to declare what our heart believes about this good shepherd, and the result can be a change in the atmosphere. Remember my granddaughter's statement of uh, follow Jesus with a map? Well, this Bible and the principles in it, truly, that is the map that will guide us through the journey of our life. So we're going to spend about 20 minutes. Please spend it with me as we um, find the truth and the guidance of this beautiful psalm. There's a sweet student at Lewis Cass. I'm the school nurse there. And uh, every time he sees me in the hallway, he goes, hi, Nurse Becky, like that. And it makes me smile every time he says it. Because to him, what I do is identified by my name. And in this Psalm 23, David is identifying the Lord with what he does. Shepherd. Well, I didn't know anything about shepherding. So I wanted to find some place where I could go and spend some time. And I ended up at uh, the Roskies, which is a revolution uh, partner family. And here's a picture of um, Anna and Jenna and Haley and their sheep. And you know that these girls are fourth 
generation shepherdesses. That's pretty impressive to me. And the pictures that we're gonna see of sheep today are thanks to them. So those of you watching online, let's put up some sheep emojis for these girls because they do a wonderful job of taking care of their sheep. Carla, their mama, and these three girls, they really know their sheep and they had many of them out there. And as they're um, talking about them, they're pointing out different sheep by name and I'm just going, mm-hmm, because <laughs> you know what? They all look the same to me, but they knew exactly which one they were talking about. And they're talking about the distinct personalities of the sheep and the preferences of this sheep over that one and their schedules throughout the day of their sheep. You know, they talked about the needs of their sheep, the health and the well-being of their sheep, they, the injuries and what they're going to do for the sheep that was limping. Um, they discussed the sheep that were going to market and the one that definitely was not going to market, even if she was a seven-year-old ewe. It was, she was staying here. That was very clear. And, right, Dad? Right, okay. You know, there was pride in their voices. There was love in their voices. These girls, they know how to shepherd. And I noticed something about the sheep, too. When I walked out there, um, when the, well, more when the Roski girls walked out there and walked into the barn, the sheep became alert to their presence. And uh, some of them um, immediately wanted to interact with the girls, and some of them didn't. They stayed at a distance. And um, some of them, sheep, were more willing to be led than others, if you know what I mean. And as I'm watching these sheep, I'm thinking, my, my, how much am I like that? How much am I like that? And how much are we like that as being sheep following our shepherd? Sometimes uh, we want to interact with him and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're willing to be led by him and sometimes we're pulling hard on that rope not to go, right? Um, Maybe there's some here in this room or online that don't know the Lord as shepherd yet and my prayer to you uh, to God today is that you'll be introduced to him as a good shepherd and become more aware of his presence. So what I'd like to do, let's look at together at this psalm. If you put those first three verses up there, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You know, this is such a great um, example of how the shepherd cares for us, the details that are mentioned there. Um, some translations, the one they read this morning says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This one says, I shall not lack. You know, that doesn't mean that I go through life never wanting anything. That's not what that means. But rather, it means that I'm going through my life um, that... I'm not going to lack for what I need to be successful in this life. A phrase I used to tell my kids a lot when they were home is, you can do anything that Father God has called you to do because he's equipped you to do it. So let's, let's just uh, look at that list. I'm sorry, can you leave that up there for a minute? Let's look at that list for a minute. We got uh, green pastures, quiet waters, the refreshing or the restoring of my soul being led along the righteous paths for God's name's sake. You see, all that speaks to my physical needs 
speaks to my emotional needs, speaks to my spiritual needs, are being met by the shepherd. The sheep need pasture and water, right? Girls back there, that's what they need to live physically. And that's God will provide for us physically what we need. A restored or renewed life represents our emotional well-being. You know, something I found out that can happen to sheep is that they can become cast. Well, what that means is the, the sheep goes to lie down and it rolls over and it continues to roll until it gets to, into a position where it cannot get up. It cannot get up on its own. There are many reasons why. One of the reasons is because the wool that it's carrying on its body becomes so heavy, becomes so burdensome to it that it cannot roll back up and get back up on its feet again. And what will happen is it will just lie there and die or predators would come and kill it. What it needs is for that shepherd to notice that it's not able to get back up and to come and to set it back up on its feet again. Many times I've needed the good shepherd to come and put me back on my feet again when I feel like I've been weighted down with the burdens of life. And I'm so glad that we have a shepherd who notices and who is there with us to set us back up on our feet again. And he leads us on the paths that are righteous. You know that's a big word, right? But the easiest meaning for righteousness is just being right with God. He puts us on the paths that are right with him. The paths for his namesake that honor him that are going to be the paths that we need to be on. He leads us spiritually in the way we are to go. So our first truth for this morning is this one. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. See, as we believe that God, the Lord is our shepherd, that he's providing, he's protecting, he is guiding our lives, we can openly declare as we go into our day, I'm not going to lack for what I need for this day. Did you all survive the toilet paper shortage of 2020? Yes? Woo. Okay. Greg and I have so many examples of this one. Uh, quick one in 2008. We had three kids in college at the same time, private colleges, three kids in college at the same time, one that was in high school at home, and Greg finds out that the job that he planned on being at until he retired, um, that it was coming to an end. The plant was shutting down and he was not going to have a job. And as Greg is telling me this, coming home and telling me this, his next comment after that was, the Lord is going to take care of us. We will have everything that we need. And that's a whole other story. But I can tell you that our family, all the needs of our family were met by our good shepherd during that time. You know, it was our choice in that moment to believe. It was our choice in our, that moment to believe that when Greg left that job, he was going to walk into another one. It was that moment um, uh, to believe that our kids would be able to return to school in the fall. It was a moment to believe that. And as we chose to believe that, then we could declare with our mouth as we're telling other people about the situation, we can declare that we're going to be okay. We're not going to lack. God is going to be our provider in this time. And it wasn't because of our abilities to do anything, but it was because of the care of our good, good shepherd. 
So this is the truth, that as we believe it, we can declare it into our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. Let's look at the middle of this psalm for another aspect of our shepherd and the, the second truth of the morning. Even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. One of the things that Greg and I do uh, is watch movies together. And he's a wonderful husband. He's sitting right back there. Hi, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what he will do? Girls, get ready to elbow your guy, okay? He will watch chick flicks with me. He will. I see a few elbows flying, yes. He will watch chick flicks with me. And, and he's even been known to sit through a Hallmark movie or two. Yes, okay, online. Let's throw some hearts up there for the Hallmark movies. Okay, so at times I feel obligated then that I have to watch an action movie. <laughs> Sometimes I have to watch an action movie with him. But there are movies that my heart can only watch one time, and Braveheart was one of them. Okay, um, maybe you know that movie. It's a story of William Wallace and being portrayed by Mel Gibson, and um, the line in the movie, you know, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. It's going to have my face, you know, half blue, but I uh, decided I better not do that first time up here. But the struggle in life at times is very real. And, and movies like Braveheart, they illustrate that vividly and uh, courageously. So when David is talking about the valley, he's not talking about this beautiful, green, lush place that we might think of if we see the word valley. That's not the Hebrew word there. It's much more like the struggle in Braveheart. This word is um, the Hebrew word for a deep, narrow gorge that there's only one way in and there's only one way out. And all of us, all of us have as part of our uh, journey a valley of the shadow. And even here in the text, it doesn't say if I go through the valley, it says when I go through the valley. Um, for a reason. Because we live in a world where sin and uh, death exist. And for many of us, this valley of the shadow of death is the most difficult to traverse. You know, death can involve the loss of a loved one in our life. Uh, but we can also deeply grieve the death of a relationship, the death of a marriage, the death of a career, the death of a dream that we have. And in the midst of the darkness of loss, we all need the gentle leading of our shepherd. Many times, why questions arise in this valley of the shadow. Why him? Why her? Why now? We often can experience fear in the valley of the shadow, especially the fear of being alone in our darkness. And those, that can lead to the question, why God? Why me? Even Jesus even Jesus asked a why question in his valley of the shadow. He's actually quoting David from Psalm 22 when um, 
He's on the cross and, and three hours of physical darkness have ascended. And in that moment, in Matthew 27, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus, in the midst of the darkness of death, had a moment when he felt forsaken and abandoned by his father. But somewhere, somewhere in that valley, he finds his way. Because at the very end of the time on the cross, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus cries out, it says with a loud voice. And even to think about the possibility of him having physically a loud voice at that moment is just unbelievable. But in a loud voice, in that last moment, he cries out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathes his last. His last breath. In the end, Jesus knew that his father was right there with him. And he knew that his first breath after death was going to be in the father's presence. July 1991 was a valley of the shadow for me. It's one of the most difficult paths of my journey to navigate. I was pregnant with my fourth child, and at the age of 29, all was on schedule because by the, uh, I wanted to be done having children by the time I was 30, and four was the right number, and so we were, we were just right on track for that. So I was about five months pregnant and, um, in June, you know, after you've been pregnant a few times, you know how you're supposed to feel <laughs> during pregnancy, and I had three children at home. Uh, but in June, I just felt that, like there was just something not right about how I was feeling. Um, but we were uh, leaving on vacation, like just in the next day or two, and my July appointment was immediately when we got back. So I said, oh, everything's fine. And we just all piled in the car and left. But while we were gone during that week, <clears throat> Um, I told Greg, hey, I, I really, I think there's something wrong. Um, and so we did what we had done all along. We prayed and we asked Father to take care of our sweet baby. And July's appointment came and uh, it resulted in a phone call to Greg. He needed to leave work and come over because there was no um, heartbeat detected. And so we had to do an ultrasound. And so started the journey through the valley of the shadow. The next day I delivered Gregory Jared uh, stillborn and on July 20th, 1991, um, we had a very different homecoming celebration. Instead of bringing our sweet baby boy home to our house in Seymour, Indiana, our family was gathered at the cemetery. And there were times over the course of that next four months where I really thought I was losing my mind. But... I had three small children. I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and 19-month-old, and they needed their mama, and their mama sure needed the gentle leading of a loving shepherd. <clears throat> you know, in Psalm 23, it identifies what brings us comfort when we're in that valley of the shadow. It says, the shepherd's rod and his staff. 
The shepherd is present in every situation with the sheep. And he has something in his hands. He has his rod and he has his staff. But why does that bring comfort? I mean, it would make sense if it says he's holding the sheep or he's uh, somehow consoling the sheep, but two sticks? How does that make sense? Well, let me tell you what those sticks were for. The rod was used for counting the sheep and noticing that each one is present when they are supposed to be. And it was used to protect the sheep from any predatory animals, and it even could discipline an unruly sheep. So what that rod represented in every situation was the shepherd's authority. He was the one that has the final word. The staff, it was used for guidance, and it was used for support. If, if a sheep started to wander off a little bit off the path, the shepherd could use that and just pull them back on to the path. If a sheep had fallen into a place that was too hard to reach, he could use that staff to pull them back up and put them there beside him. So it represented the guidance of the shepherd. And it's because of this constant presence of the shepherd, because of his authority in every situation, because of his trustworthy guidance that Psalms 23 says, even in the face of our enemies, we can come safely and sit at the table. His presence, his authority, and his guidance. Well, during my time in the valley of the shadow, there were a lot of sadness and tears. I continued to go to church, and every time during worship, uh, tears would just stream down my face. I couldn't even sing. The tears would just stream and, and wash over my wounded heart. November 13th was the original due date and just uh, such um, a moment of God that we were going to be in church that day. As I walked into the building and the, and the worship started, just the weight of that grief and that loss overwhelmed me to such an extent I just fell to my knees and I am sobbing there. And we, we were at a small church at the time, and they knew exactly what was going on in our life, and they just surrounded us and, and prayed for us. And, um, you know, David speaks of a uh, shepherd anointing the sheep with oil, and uh, in Scripture, the oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you that in that time of prayer, the Holy Spirit came, and he anointed my head, he anointed my heart, and I felt left that night, I was overflowing with the comfort of my shepherd. Shortly after that, I became uh, pregnant. And during my fifth pregnancy, fear was truly a frequent visitor. Um, I struggled with the fear of a repeat of our last pregnancy. And from the day I realized I was pregnant until the actual delivery, there was a whole lot of declaring that God is faithful. My God is faithful. My God is with me. Whatever the outcome, my God is faithful. My God is with me. Whatever the situation holds, my God is with me. He is faithful. Over and over and over again. That declaration came out of that my mouth. And most days it was said with tears, but it was a conscious choice to believe in the goodness and the guidance of my loving shepherd. On 
August 25th, 1992, there was another trip to the hospital and there were tears, but this time it was tears of joy. As the doctor announced, it's a boy over the lusty cries of a newborn. And we named him Caleb, which means faithful. Our God is faithful. He is with us in the valley of the shadow. Maybe, maybe for some of you, that valley of the shadow is where you are today. Maybe fear is a frequent visitor. And it's okay. It's okay to say, I need some help walking through. Absolutely, it's okay. There are people here today that would love to pray with you and, and listen. Um, there's going to be a prayer room that's going to be open later. If you are there, please, please go and, help, and have someone help you walk through these moments. Maybe a next step would be uh, to fill out the counseling form on our, our website uh, resource page and just sit and talk with somebody. But this is one thing that I am absolutely sure of. The shepherd is with you every step of the way, even in the darkness and even in the fear. He is with you. So our second truth, our second truth that we can believe and that we can declare from this psalm is, the shepherd is with me in the valley. I will not fear. You know, in the darkness and difficulty, can we believe that the shepherd is with us? I know. It's hard sometimes, believe me. I know that it is. I just spent some time with my grand, uh, a few of my grandchildren this week, and we went to Marengo Cave. And, you know, <clears throat> like all cave trips, there was this moment where they turn all the lights off, right? And you are in complete darkness, complete darkness. My grandson was there beside me. At the very beginning, when those lights first went off, he was a little fearful. But that fear quickly faded away because he was holding on to my hand. He knew I was right there beside him, right? And he knew that we'd been following a guide and that that guide had the ability to flip those lights right back on again and we were going to be in the light. And see, that's how it is with our shepherd, our good shepherd. He has the final say over our lives. If we believe that, he has the authority. If we follow him, he is the one that has the final say over our lives. He is the one that will guide us into those right paths. And he is always, always with us. If we believe that and we hold on to them, him, then we're not going to have to dwell and live and stay in a state of fear. We can declare into our day, I am not going to be afraid. Because my shepherd has the final say. My shepherd is here with me. My shepherd will not guide me into any place that is not good for me in the end. I will not fear. And instead of that fear arising in our soul and taking over all of our thoughts, faith comes in and replaces it. Let faith, I love that we sang that today, let faith arise in our souls. And we declare with our mouths, we will not fear. 
I want to move into our final truth, okay? So stay with me. This one gets my heart so, so excited. It's the final verse of Psalm 23. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Maybe uh, you, like me, would say, when I look back, Father, when I look back at my life, I see like where I have messed up. I have failed you. I have failed the people in my life. That's what I see when I, walk, when I look back. But David tells us in this psalm that what God sees is his goodness and his unfailing, faithful love pursuing us every day. I know that we read... Um, Goodness and mercy will follow us, but the um, actual Hebrew translation, radaf, means pursue. He pursues me, like running, 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 as hard as he can, after me in pursuit. The, the word uh, goodness and faithful love, can I, just, can I just tell you a little bit about what that means in the Hebrew, okay? Yes, oh, good, I saw one yes, so I'm going there. Tab is the word for goodness. And what that means, it's just, it's beautiful, it's bountiful, it's cheerfulness, it's just the goodness of God. And then the word for faithful love is my favorite Hebrew word, it's chesed. We don't get to do that in English, get to clear our throats when we say it, chesed. And it means, um, maybe you see it loving kindness translated, maybe you see it mercy translated, but the uh, more uh, deeper translation is loyal covenant love. Chesed. His loyal covenant love is pursuing you. It's pursuing you. It, it is his eternal love. It's his never failing love. It's the covenant of love that he has for us. He has this covenant of love for us. And we know that God will not turn back on his covenant for us, right? And that is why he is hot on our trail because he has beautiful goodness for us and he has unfailing love and he is not giving up. He is not giving up. Even when we're making destructive choices, he's pursuing us. Romans 5.8 says it this way, for God demonstrated his love in that while we were sinners, while we were separated from him, while we were doing our own thing, while we were making our own decisions that were destructive, even in that point, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So why does he pursue us with such intensity? Because of his loyal covenant love and because he has absolutely good plans for you. He has good, good plans for you. Some of you, the shepherd, he's pursuing right here today and you know what? He's not gonna give up. You cannot keep outrunning him and, and, and he'll tire out in the back. Not like me, I would, by the time we got back to, to the <laughs> back of that building, I mean, <laughs> huffing and puffing, but not God. He is not going to give up on the pursuit that he has for you. I love that picture. I love that picture of him in hot pursuit, declaring good plans over you, declaring his unfaithful love for you. Now, those of you that have been overcome by that hot pursuit, where you have um, been captured by his love, you have the promise of the rest of that verse, that you're going to dwell with Jesus in his presence 
all the days of your life. I love the verse in the Passion Translation. It's uh, Psalm 62.7. And it says, God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. You love that? Wraparound presence. So I think about this pursuit thing, right? He's pursuing, we're pursuing, and we go, okay, I'm going to stop. And as soon as we slow down, his arms come around us. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my savior, my hero, superhero, and my life-giving strength. That's who the shepherd is. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Do you like that picture of Jesus wrapping his arms, his presence around you? So this is our final truth for the morning. The shepherd's goodness and faithful love pursues me. I will live. As I believe that the shepherd has good for me, that his love is complete, See, that love, it's faithful even when I'm not. The Bible says it never ends. I can walk confidently in the fact that when he he loves me, he loves you, everything about you, he created you in the way that you are. And sometimes I tell him, hey, you made me like this. (laughs) You know? He, he, He gave you brown hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, or he gave you personality traits. He created you, and he loves you the way you are. He loves you the way you are. And as I believe that, see, as I get up in the morning and I say, hey, the Father loves me. Hey, the Father has good for me today. The Father has good for me today. Then the next thing is I'm going to live. I'm going to live this day. I'm going to live it well. I'm going to live it well because of the good plans that the Father has for me. And as I embrace that love, and I embrace that goodness, my life's not gonna be the same. My life is gonna change. And I'm gonna be able to live my life to the fullest and declare that each and every day. So those are our three truths. If we believe those things, that we can declare them with our mouth into our situations. So I just want to, in closing, I just want to bring us back to a statement I made at the beginning about, um, of the talk. And, you know, it's not a mystery who this shepherd is. Well, who in the world is David talking about? Because Jesus makes it very clear in John chapter 10. He says that he is the good shepherd. So I'm just going to read a few verses um, for you here at the end about John chapter 10 and what Jesus says. These are the words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. My shepherd, my sheep, hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. I love that line. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, 
No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. That is Jesus declaring that he is the good shepherd. He has and he will provide everything that we need to succeed here in life. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack physically. I will not lack emotionally. I will not lack spiritually. Jesus will comfort me when I walk through the valley of the shadow. The shepherd is with us even in the darkest moment of that valley. I shall not fear. I'm holding on to his hand. Finally, Jesus is pursuing us with his goodness and his loyal covenant love. No one is able to snatch you out of his hand. Think about that. Nothing, no one is able to snatch him out of, snatch you out of his hand. And I will live in his wraparound presence all the days of my life. I want to ask you to do something with me this morning. Um, if, if you will, if you say, yes, Becky, I, I can believe that. I can believe that the Lord is my shepherd. And you know, if you've never done that before, if you've never looked at Jesus as your shepherd, as the one who wants to be there with you every single day, Remember what I talked about? He's pursuing you, and all it takes is that pause and, and that moment of acknowledgement. Jesus, I need you. I've been doing it on my own enough. I need you, Jesus. Will you please come and wrap your presence around me? But if you are in that place where you say, Jesus, you are my shepherd, what I'd like to do is just say those statements with you, if we could do that together, as a declaration of, this is what I believe, and as I believe it, I'm going to declare it into my life. So Brownie's going to put these up, and if you would say those with me, would you just stand up, and if you would want to declare that with me, we're going to say them together, and um, if, if you're not ready to do that, that's fine too, but we're going to just say these together uh, as we close out uh, the talk this morning. Thank you. All right, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack. The shepherd is with me in the valley, I will not fear. The shepherd's goodness and faithful love pursues me, I will live. Just pray real quick. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the ability of your word to come into our lives and to change us. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would place these words upon our heart, that you would even increase our faith to believe that the shepherd is with us, that he loves us, that he has good plans for us, and that we will walk on those right paths with you.
all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name.